to this latest MPFT podcast focusing on the transformation of community mental health care in South Staffordshire. My name is Mark Fletcher and joining me on today's chat are... Mel Watson, Operations Director for the Specialist Care Group with the responsibility for eating disorders. Hi, I'm Katie Beeston, Head of Business Development for Specialist Care Group. Thank you for joining us both. So for this episode, we're focusing on how the transformation work underway will enhance the care and support provided to those with an eating disorder. So Mel, I'll start with you first, please, if I may, by asking if you can talk about what an eating disorder is and the impact it will have on an individual's mental health. And then linked to this, what is happening as a part of the transformation will link into the provider collaborative for eating disorders. Okay, so firstly, uh, an eating disorder is where is a mental illness. It's where food is used to try and manage feelings. If you have an eating disorder, you will have an un- unhealthy relationship with food. This may be eating too much or eating too little or eating a lot of food in one sitting. You may also become obsessed with food and your eating patterns if you have an eating disorder. Anyone can develop an eating disorder. An eating disorder is considered a type of mental illness, but people with problems such as anorexia or bulimia are often comorbid with other disorders like depression and anxiety. Mental health issues are at the core of an eating disorder. Eating disorders and different mental health problems like depression are closely related for a number of reasons. People often develop eating disorders as a result of existing mental health issues that influence their relationship with food. On the other hand, many people can also start to exhibit symptoms of depression or anxiety after they've developed an eating disorder. So essentially, an eating disorder is strongly connected to mental health. And in order to treat an eating disorder, it's important to address the underlying psychological problems. Eating disorders are not just about food. They're a symptom of deep-seated issues such as trauma. And in treatment with patients need to repair their relationship with food while also working through personal problems in therapy. Linking to your second part of the question, we are the lead provider for all of the eating disorder services, inpatient services across the West Midlands. And we've been really, really successful in ensuring that people receive care close to home in the least restrictive setting for the shortest period of time. We've also been able to provide more specialist care in the community to reduce the need for inpatient stays. The community mental health transformation will be invaluable in ensuring that people receive care at the earliest opportunity with improved access. This will really give us opportunities alongside the collaboratives to develop a seamless pathway for eating disorders. Thanks, Mel. Um, So, Katie, uh, why are eating disorders then a, a specific area of focus as part of this transformation? Thanks, Mark. Yeah, so the community mental health framework, um, it's enabling us to transform mental health over the next three years um, across Staffordshire and Stoke and Trent. The funding's obviously designed to act on the long term planned targets. And as Mel's just mentioned, it's about improving access and quality. One of the specific areas for investment is obviously adult eating disorders. Um, We know that there can be long waits for people with eating disorders across Staffordshire, Um, particularly through COVID, we know that referrals have increased. So the transformation proposals for this funding um, for adults with eating disorders will expand the community provision. Um, We very much see this, it's working across the system with partners to improve this access and to reduce waiting times. Uh, We're at the beginning of developing the ED model and we will be working with partners across Staffordshire and Stoke to develop it over the next three to five months. 
One of our earliest priorities is reviewing what the data is telling us. So we're looking at outpatient data, prevalence data, to really understand the demand um, and the trends in relation to eating disorders. And we're also looking at working and linking with engaging communities to understand what barriers might exist for service users and specifically what communities may not even reach our services so that we can understand any unmet need. And this analysis is going to be key in developing the model with our partners. Uh, through the work of the collaborative that Mel's just referred to, we've worked really hard to get service users at the heart of our plans. And so absolutely what we want to do as part of this programme is replicate this across um, CMHF and um, make sure that people with lived experience um, form part of our working groups and, and form part of designing the model. Specifically, developments that we're going to be looking at would be around primary care engagement, and that could mean medical monitoring in partnership with primary care to manage the physical health needs of people with eating disorders, um, and working just more closely gen generically in terms of providing perhaps support and training to primary care. Also, we want to work with third sector uh, partners to deliver integrated services. This might look at delivering treatments or support services um, while people prepare to enter statutory services or it could be support once a person with an eating disorder has been discharged and we know that families and carers of people with eating disorders are key to their recovery recovery very often so we're really going to be looking at carers groups and carer support what's out there currently um, and reviewing and consulting that in terms of um, developing plans around that also there'll be specialist elements that will be considering um, in terms of the model. So that might be um, a programme that's called FREED, which is first episode rapid early intervention for eating disorders. And that's targeted very much at 18 to 25 year olds. Um, but also we'll be looking at um, uh, another programme for chronic um, people with chronic enduring eating disorders where perhaps they've had an eating disorders for quite a long period of time. Uh, we'll also be clearly working with children and young people services. Um, we know that there's a lot more that we can do to ensure young adults transitioning um, from children and young people eating disorders services are supported into adult provision. So we see this ultimately, it's a great opportunity to make a change to our community provision and particularly at a time when eating disorders are on the increase. Thanks. Uh, thanks very much, Casey. I'll move on to how the, care, the way care is provided to people with an eating disorder change. So, Mel, can I bring you in first to that uh, question? And Katie, if you wouldn't mind following, that'd be great. Yeah, that's great. So, um, I think we've already, I mean, it is a real opportunity to make a change that we've never had before. I think Katie alluded to the fact that, this is, that we're going to do a big piece of work around co-production, making sure we're listening and get, getting it right for people and truly understanding the issues. And I think that's a piece of work that we've not really done robustly before. So this gives us that real opportunity. It's a piece of work that will develop over time. I think it's an area that we haven't had investment in the community in the same way as we have now. And it's a real opportunity now that we've got the work of the collaboratives alongside the community mental health transformation to really have that robust pathway for people. So hopefully support and treatment will be given at the lowest level. So we, some of the roles that we put in into GP practices, identifying people with early eating disorders earlier on, providing that support, hopefully in the least restrictive uh, place possible, and people only requiring that specialist provision in the future. So hopefully by having a, a staged approach, we, we're going to have far, people will be able to access far more services in a much more joined up way. 
it's going to be easier to access a much broader range of support, uh, focusing on where there are significant gaps. So I think Haiti's alluded to some of the things at the moment. So transition is a particular challenge around also around autistic spectrum disorder, support into primary care and ensuring that people have access to staff with appropriate training and support. So I think it's a, an absolutely fantastic opportunity to really, really shape a true transformation offer for people with eating disorders and making sure there's equity because that's the other challenge that we've got. There's not always been equity across the whole of the system, the, how the services are commissioned presently. There isn't equity above, across both sides of the county, for instance. So it gives us that opportunity to make sure that no matter where you live, you get the same standard of service. Katie, do you want to add? Yeah, thanks, Mel. Just just to add it ultimately, I think echo all that you've said. I suppose the, the thing just to add on that is we, we want to be able to understand that impact. So um, as part of what we've just described, it's it, we will be very much looking at the data, I suppose user care experience data, um, looking at the targets to, to make sure that in time, once we've implemented this model, there is a real impact and we can understand what that impact is um, and it's driving the improvement that you know ultimately should be should be in place for our service users. Thanks both. Um, so my final question, it's one that I've um, been asking uh, all our guests who uh, on the Community Mental Health Transformation podcasts, so it's to seek their personal thoughts on the transformation itself. And in this case, the importance of eating disorders being a priority work stream for the uh, programme. So Mel, again, uh, I'll start with you on that, if I may. Okay. So I think, as you're probably aware, eating disorders is very much um, in the media at the moment. Um, we are seeing far more people coming through with eating disorders and multiple complexities. So it, for me, it's an area that hasn't had the focus it's needed for some time. It's really encouraging that we have got that focus now, particularly at a time that we're focusing on eating disorders, both from an inpatient and community perspective. It really, really joins that piece of work up. Uh, and I guess that's been a real gap for us. So. We've had very, very, um, I guess, traditional models in eating disorders. So Katie alluded to some of the things that we've got around Freed and Seed, more of the innovative models, trying to work in a very, very different way. So personally, for me, it's a real opportunity to really get it right for people. And I don't think we have for some time. We've, we've tried our very, very best. But this is a real opportunity to build on some of the fantastic work we've already done in terms of understanding the need, having that robust pathway both at a community and um, inpatient level um, so for me it's it's been needed for a long long time and really encouraging that we've got that focus now thanks mel and katie your thoughts i suppose uh, it's you know eating disorder services have been massively underfunded um historically so this is a, a real opportunity to uh, make the change locally for um, in, in terms of the investment for eating disorders. I think, I think it's a fantastic opportunity. I think also, you know, personally, I've got, I've had and have, you know, friends that have suffered from eating disorders. So uh, from a personal perspective, really, truly believe that we, uh, we need to make the difference um, for people out there who are suffering from what's, you know, a really, really tricky and difficult condition to deal with and live with. Thank you. Uh, so that's it for this Community Mental Health Transformation podcast. Can I thank our guests, Mel Watson and Katie Beeston? And also thank you for listening. As always, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Goodbye. <laughs>